Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Creeping Death. And they have a new EP called The Edge of Existence, which is released on October 8th via E1 Entertainment. Right now, I'm being joined by Trey to share some more information about the stellar EP, what the band has got going on. We might even talk about Trey's favorite pizza. Who knows? So, Trey, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. I mean, all things considered, we're kind of like the Texas of Canada to a degree. Oh, uh, are you like Alberta or something? Yeah. Somebody's told me that. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. It's just big and oil. So yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, big, oil, conservative, always wanting to separate. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, all that, all that good stuff. <laughs> all the good stuff. Uh, and as far as COVID is concerned, I just saw a map and... Out of the active cases in the entire country of Canada, Alberta is responsible for half of them. Wow. I feel like Texas, Texas really just, they, they basically like the Delta variant burned through like all of the people here, I think. So it's like low key been like dropping down. It's, it's, it's the weirdest thing. But in August, it was like, it was like that where it was like all of the case, it was like basically half the case, same thing. Like almost half the cases were just basically Florida and texas and sort of the other southeastern southern states so wow i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could call it a creeping death but up bang <laughs> on the edge of existence here um very cool so the band is called creeping death but then we have this ep called the edge of existence so it's almost like we have a full yin yang tray <laughs> yeah yeah that uh re like so lyrically, I, I think so. Reese uh, is a uh, server. They work like catering and stuff. And when everything sort of started to go south, um, they obviously needed to still work. So you know they're still working. And so uh, they got COVID really early in this whole thing, and were basically out for forty-five days. Like, wow. re- like it was down bad. Um, so I think during that whole time it, it affected them and so that, uh, everything was going on. So I think the lyrical content and all that, uh, sort of was born from that, at least, at least from, from Reese's mind, uh, since they sort of come up with all the lyrics and the, uh, concepts and things of that nature. So, uh, yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely see, uh, see Reese kind of sitting there alone at home, just kind of like thinking of stuff like that. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they got COVID. They're okay though. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody, yeah. Everybody's good. We're we're all straight. Um, everybody is healthy. No long COVID. No side effects. Anything like that. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah, you see that occasionally. The the long COVID and people are like, I don't have any hair. I don't have a life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily, uh, I think uh, the worst Reese got was some sort of uh, almost bed source type deal from right. basically just having to to lay there, but. Honestly, that that's not as bad as probably losing your sense of taste for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So is that kind of lyrically what the edge of existence is about, sort of being on that literal edge of existence? Um, I think it's more um, about sort of humanity on the edge of existence. Um, I think seeing all of the bickering about a potentially deadly disease, how politicized it got. Um, basically, I think it's sort of like, can we come together as a species and sort of 
you know, stave off this impending doom, or are we just going to, uh, everything's going to collapse and it's all going to go to shit. Uh, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but that's kind of what it, it's about. Not necessarily about the pandemic per se. Um, I think Reese likes to write more on a grand cosmic scale mm-hmm. uh, on that sense. Um, so I think it's more of like an overarching humanity kind of kind of deal. Um, I think you could probably lump in a few things like climate change and other stuff of that nature to um, to sort of that um, that sort of thing too. Uh, so. It's a little bit all of it rolled into one, but I think it's an overarching thing just about, like I said, humanity. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Speaking of humanity, I'm looking at some humans in a music mm-hmm. video for the Edge of Existence. You guys are looking very metal in front of, <laughs> what is this place? Take us through this music video. So for everybody listening in, uh, wherever you're tuning in, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see how incredibly good looking we are. It's almost <laughs> almost unrealistic how good looking we are. Um, it's Almost unnatural. Anyway, uh, you can click in the show notes for the YouTube video down below. You can take a look at The Edge of Existence. Incredible cinematography. Very well done. Uh, Take us through this video, Trey. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) funny thing about that video, it it was like, so we wrote the song. We were getting the plan for the EP. We we really were just like focused on trying to get the EP rolled out uh, in a timely manner because we knew that there was sort of a issue with uh vinyl and shortages of that nature so we were more worried about that and then uh, the label was kind of like oh hey by the way you need to do a uh music video so we were like you know yeah 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 and then eventually like we sort of put it off a little bit late and we were like oh shit i don't know what to do so we were like we'll just do a performance video um our um we had someone in our camp that knew the guy who directed the video and he he's really good he's like he's done some stuff for um, a lot of a lot of other bands that he he showed us that, but I, I can't see I can't remember. Um, it was like some non it was like non metal bands, but like you know bands that you would see on like Letterman and shit like that. So uh, pretty pretty legit dude, and it, it was just like him and his friend, and we pretty much went out to this area where they film in uh, Atlanta. We actually we went out to Atlanta. That was the deal. It was like. Uh, he would do it for the cheap, uh, but we would have to go out to, to meet him to film. And we were like, yeah, that's cool. Road trip. We don't really get to, to do that <laughs> as much recently anyway. So we were down, uh, drove out there, and we actually found out they filmed part of The Walking Dead there uh, at at certain points. Um, it's like a, an area where it's like for studios specifically to like film videos. So we went out there, set up. He kind of had an idea of what, what he wanted to do visually. And since we just wanted to do a performance video um, and we told him um, sort of what we had in mind for like one part of the song. Um, and he was like, OK, sick. And then we just filmed it and did some effects. And it mm-hmm. turned out great. You know, sometimes simpler is, is better. You know, what is, mm-hmm. what is it? Kiss? Keep, keep it simple, stupid. That's, so. r- that's right. I thought you were talking about the band yeah. for a second, but that is also. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah keep those... it simple. Those were knights in Satan's service. That's who those <laughs> those boys were. Man, going back in time, it's like, man, who comes up with that stuff? Well, you know, as of late, it looks like people are coming up with all kinds of things these days. So I guess I'm not too surprised. Um, but road trip to Atlanta, that's cool. Now, the funny thing is, as I was watching this video, I thought, I've seen this before in something, somewhere. Dude, probably, yeah. Some TV show, like... Every, every time you see a Georgia peach after the end of a credit, like, 
they filmed it in Georgia, so you probably I know Walking Dead. Um, what there was another one that I think we found out that they filmed there, but yeah, uh, specifically season one, episode four. I think Lincoln, our drummer, told us. Like I think that in particular, that uh, episode had some scenes there. So mm-hmm. uh, check Link- it out, I guess. Yeah, and Lincoln would know. In all the years I've known him, that guy has never told a lie. <laughs> Wait a minute, that was Washington. Anyway, um, cool. Road trip. Take us to the road trip. So from Texas to Georgia, how long is that? Two days? Three days? No, it's only like, I don't know. Uh, we drove straight there and got there like at night. I think we left in the morning and we got there like uh, 11 or 12 at night. So like 12, 13 hours, something like that. Wow. It's, not okay. too, it's, it's like painful, but when you're <laughs> like touring a lot, it's not like... It's not really that. It's like, yeah, we can drive to Atlanta just fine. Okay. So cool. I'm trying to. I'm invi- I'm visualizing. I could probably bring up a map. But you, do you have to go around the Gulf, or is there are you coming in further north? So you just drive straight across. No, we co- you go through uh, sort of like East Texas. Then you drive through Louisiana. Then you drive through like Alabama. And then Alabama has uh, a sort of um, what are those things? I forget. Every everybody calls them something different, but the the mix masters where that all the highways meet up. Uh, and so you take one and it bridges off to Atlanta and you go kind of uh, north, northeast from Birmingham. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty much like just a straight shot east and then diagonally like northeast. So cool. what what are some of your favorite things to do on a road trip, if not that road trip? Like it sounds like a nightmare, but in making the best of it, what did you look forward to the most? you know, thither and hither, hither and thither, there and back? Um, uh, there, usually the anticipation of just, like, doing it is, like, kind of a, you know, there's, like, a buzz, like, you know, you're usually taking time off work and yada, yada, yada. It's like, all right, you're going to hang out with the, the boys and, you know, do the thing. You're laughing and you're joking and you're jamming music. And that's always fun to look forward to. Um, and then just actually getting to to film it and i just like traveling like i just like going to a different different city usually we try to link up with uh someone we know for coffee or something like that uh we weren't able to this time but um you know stuff like that and then on the way back usually we're just like let's hurry hurry the home like hurry the fuck home like let's let's go like (laughs) like we just want to get home and you know so usually back I guess the best part would be, I don't know, sleeping in the back. <laughs> like usually the bag, it's a little bit more quiet. Um, we're usually just stopping for bathroom breaks and things of that nature. So yeah, we chatted about pizza earlier. Is is the pizza different in Alabama from Louisiana to to Georgia? Silly question. I, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like honestly, like I have no idea because it's all we notice is like chains. Like it's you have to go like to the northeast to actually to get like a difference in pizza. You know right. what I mean? Like right. Like there's a big difference between New York pizza and Chicago pizza and you know Detroit pizza and yeah, it, it, Connecticut pizza even like it's Whoa. it's they they get yeah Connecticut has amazing pizza. A lot of people don't realize that. But I had I had no idea. Yeah, don't sleep on Connecticut pizza. It's dope. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like uh, hella pizza everywhere. It's definitely northeast thing. Down down south, uh, 
it's like Domino's, Pizza Hut. You can get like a Blaze Pizza sometimes. Like, yeah. The whole, what I call Midwest pizza. So Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John's, that's like your Midwest yeah, pizza. it's funny you say that because like Midwest pizza, like Detroit pizza and uh, Chicago that, style pizza are very like this true. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, so like, honestly, those I would just call them like fast food pizza, even yeah. though it's really not that fast. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Because Detroit, for anybody who doesn't know, historically in car parts. So that's where you get like your deep dish square kind of pizza thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with the uh, the burnt edges on the on the side, oof. Yeah, it it hits. I just like all pizza. You, like I I find value in all pizza, even deep dish pizza. People hate on deep dish pizza, but you can find a good deep dish pizza, especially mm-hmm. in Chicago. Especially in Chicago, and I'm taking a look right now at Connecticut pizza. I looked it up on the internet because it's a thing, uh, kind of <laughs> more like a thin crust, but in in an oval shape. It's cool, and apparently some place it's really known for it called Frank Pepe. I yeah, guess. I haven't had to, I haven't tried that, but I've heard of that. I've heard of Frank Pepe or whatever. But cool. I haven't I haven't got the chance to ch- taste it yet, but yeah. The one time I did have pizza when we were playing in Hartford, Hartford, it was it was really good. Cool. Sweet. Now, speaking of other things that are really good, in the video I was trying to spot some equipment maybe uh but take us through this record in the production of it, especially from a guitar perspective, you're a guitar player. Mm-hmm. Take us through your rig. Are you super specific? Are you like I? I feel there's two different kinds of guitar players. Ones who are like they know their strings, their pick, their pickups. They've got the whole chain down exactly as they want it, and they're still searching. And then there's the other ones that are just like, give me something to play on. Yeah, that's funny because I'm definitely more of like, give me something to play on. Like Eric, our bass player, is definitely the tone god. Like. I, I, I'm actually, I consider myself a drummer. I uh, started playing drums as like a musician. Um, I didn't start playing guitar until I was almost like 20 years old. So wow. like I've, I've only been playing for at this point, let's see, 28. So yeah, like eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. So it's still, I'm still learning like things about tone, things about this, that. Um, and Eric, he, like he's been a close friend of mine for for a while one of my closest friends since i moved to texas um and he has always been the guy to go to with guitar questions so basically since i started from to now he was like the dude um so once he joined the band it was a natural kind of thing to sort of like help out with the tones and things like that um so definitely like he tells me all the stuff and i have a general um like knowledge i guess but i don't know like as in detail uh, of like what what they sort of did i know um we used like a bunch of different uh amps uh we were it was cool it was the first time we were able to use some like actually like nice boutique sort of amps instead of just like uh not not that i don't love my 6505 but usually i just used like some pedal 6505 or another sort of uh amp and we just try to blend those but um, we had like a, um, I know we had a, uh, what is it? John Marshall Plexi, uh, at our disposal. We had a, uh, like so, sort of, we used like this Ampeg sort of thing as like almost like a preamp. It was weird. Um, and then we used, uh, all these pedals and stuff, but basically it translated out to, um, like really nice versions of the stuff that we already have on our pedal board. 
which is very, very important. That's what I always tell them. It's like, we have to be able to make sure we sound like this live. Like, I don't want to sound wildly different. So people are like, what the hell? You know what I mean? So I want to make sure that we can recreate this with the stuff that we got. And, you know, we have, you know, basically just use a, a DS1 and a Tube Screamer on the board. And I have some other effects pedals and chorus pedals and delay pedals and things like that uh, that we use. Um, but then, yeah, I just plug that into my 6505. And then AJ, our other guitar player, he has a angle, uh, angle powerball, I think. And um, yeah, so he he um, he has some good tone with his his amps and or his pedals and stuff, too. So mm-hmm. we were able to blend it ni- blend it nicely uh, together. And Eric is definitely that like linchpin. Not that AJ doesn't know his stuff, but Eric is really like the one that like brings it all together real nice. Yeah. Let's be real. Guitar players have no idea. Yeah. Most of them don't. <laughs> that's cool. I'm glad. I, I love the callback to the DS one for anybody listening in. That's the, the original one of the original anyway, distortion pedals, the boss distortion yeah. one from like 1979 or something. Still a classic to this day. You've heard it on Joe Satriani records. You've heard it on Toto records. You've heard it on, you know, creeping death records. It's uh, it's a classic. <laughs> Yeah, big orange pedal, the big orange ugly pedal, as I like to call it. Big ugly and orange. Now, bringing it back <laughs> to the EP, the EP as a whole, how did you guys discuss the EP? Did you want to bring these songs together? Was there a particular goal in bringing these songs together? Um, I would say, I would say it was like, okay, so we were in the middle of a pretty heavy tour cycle with uh, Wretched Illusions. Uh, when the pandemic sort of hit. And so we had no written music. We we were basically expecting to tour from that moment in March all the way till the summer, pretty much nonstop, um, and then start trying to write when we had a little bit of a break during the summer. Um, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, so we just went to the drawing board. It was It was one of the few things that we could do together like safely. We had we have our own private jam space, um, so we were able to just get together every once in a while um, and write some some jams, and it was cool because it was like sort of our escape from all the bullshit that was going on. Um, it was, you know, it was fun. It was like hanging out with our friends. It was the, literally the only people outside of our like groups uh, that we saw. And I know for some people, like I know AJ, he uh, he lived alone, so I'm sure it was like real real nice to be able to like you know actually socialize for an hour two hours write jam you know have some fun so that was a real good like escape moment for us and able to kind of like lean on each other during like a uh, a shitty time um so we basically were trying to write as many songs as we could um and we didn't want to we wanted to write we were like okay let's just write an lp and we were like oh well by the time we put out like an lp it's going to be you know we didn't want it to be too long after the last record. Um, so we were like, let's just write as many songs as we can. We'll release a few of them um, we'll, with the EP and save some of them for the LP. So that's pretty much what we did. Uh, we re-recorded a old EP, the Sacrament of Death EP from way back in 2016. Uh, gave it some new life, um, some new sound to that Um so we put those three tracks as well as three brand new tracks. And we have like, I don't know, like nine or 10 like new tracks in the bank that we're going to uh, 
work on and sort of decide which ones that are going to go on the album and which ones we're going to save for you know whatever and you know so so yeah we we basically just wanted to use the time to like wisely and productively and didn't want to just like sit around and do nothing uh while we moped uh about, about how much merch debt we were in because <laughs> we couldn't sell any anymore so we were just like we'll just make the best out of a bad situation let's just hang out write a bunch of music and let's try to keep the train going when this thing eventually like comes out on the other side mm-hmm. yeah that's something I would do, just wander around the house and complain to my wife, like, oh, I guess I got all these shirts sitting downstairs in the basement. I guess I'll just... Oh, that poor Eric. Poor Eric. He, he, uh, he's married and he lives with his wife, obviously. And he, uh, since he is just him and his wife, we send all of the merch to his house. So he had, like, boxes and boxes and boxes of, like, T-shirts and hats and tote bags and all of this stuff in his house for like months. Like we were trying to sell it. It was like trickling, like slowly just trickling. And there's still a bunch of stuff. Like I know we have some uh, LPs, I think still in his uh, garage that we're going to probably take with us on tour. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just, it is what it is, but yeah, that literally happened to us. Like Eric, at one point, Eric was like, Hey guys, like I cannot have you, we can't have anything shipped here right now. Like I just don't have the room. Like, I'm not even trying to be mean. I just don't have the room physically. It's like, yeah. okay, I got you. <laughs> Reminds me of PBS. Call now. We have callers standing by. If you donate $1,000, you can get this Creeping Death tote bag. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, don't, don't even have to donate. Please just, like, take them. At that point, we were just like, please, just take them. Yes. Take them from us. Yes. Next up, the the, uh, the fanny packs. I, I think... That'd be cool if a band came out with fanny packs. I don't know why. Oh, we have. Oh, we have. We've done it twice, and they sell out instantly each time. <laughs> They're a huge. I'm serious. They are a huge money maker. No joke. Like we'll make a little bit of quality quantity, and one show they're gone. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Rock metal podcast fanny packs. Anybody still listening in? Defying all of the statistics I've ever seen. Uh, let me know in the comment section down below. Would you like rock metal podcast fanny packs? Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, here's the thing. You wear they wear them around. You wear them around the shoulder, not the waist. Okay. See, I'm from the '90s, the early '90s. So, <laughs> yeah, it was around the waist. And I remember at one point they came out with ones that you could conceal a gun in. And so my at the time we were down <laughs> in the states, so my dad was like, "Check out this fanny pack," and then bam! I'm like, you know, you should really need to just. Anyway, moving on from that. <laughs> uh, vivid memories of 1992, everybody. Anybody anybody with me? Anybody in the crowd remember 1992? Uh, speaking of crowd and speaking of tour cycles, it looks like, unless it's not going on, I don't know, we'll, we'll chat about it for a second. Touring, looks like you got some dates at the end of October into uh, the end of November. Yeah. So take us through that with Exhumed, Bewitcher, and Enforced. So that's absolutely an incredible tour. I hope it goes through and I hope everybody's safe. Um, I'm still weary about talking about tours just because we're in a fourth wave and I expect wave five and six, but, um, carry on. Talk to us about this tour. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, I, I think the bands that are on it are awesome. Um, Enforced released one of my favorite albums uh, of the year this year. I'm excited to see them. Uh, Bewitcher just kind of came onto my radar recently, but they rip and exhumed is, you know, that was just a legendary good time. So. I'm excited. Um, I know we've actually all spoken about it, all the fans, um, about 
COVID protocols and keeping safe and um, doing all what we can because we know that if like one person gets sick, then like it will cascade, obviously. So, you know, we obviously don't want that to happen. So we're going to take our own personal precautions as well. So, you know, we just got to try to do what we can. I know a lot of places, uh, especially on the East Coast and the West Coast, are requiring uh, proof of vaccination and things like that. So um, I'm hoping, you know, it'll keep everybody safe. Maybe um, in a month or so, uh, things are, who knows? Um, like I said, we were talking, I don't know if I was talking to you about it earlier, but the, the cases, since it kind of burned through um, the, the people here so quickly, like in August and July, uh, the cases have been slowly going down um, with adults anyway. So I, I don't know. Who, who knows what will happen? I'm, we're just trying to take all the precautions that we can uh, and then hopefully have a, a great time to see see people out there. You know? mm-hmm. I agree. And anybody, everybody listening in, it's funny, I always look at the stats. I'm like, oh, nobody's listening anyway. We could talk about anything right now. Um, <laughs> but that's not true. We have people who are listening in. At least that's what I tell myself to keep myself sane. Uh, in today's show notes, we have <laughs> www.creepingdeath.net. You can stay tuned with the band. From there, you can link to just about anything. I actually have the webpage up behind me over here, so I know that at time of recording, you can pre-order the EP. However, at time of release, the EP should be available wherever you consume music. You can go to their website, creepingdeath.net. Stay in touch with the band. By the time this episode airs, you guys should be balls deep in a tour. So the information will be there for anybody who would like to come check you out in a city near you, near them, yeah. near them, near them, near them, near whom, near who. And I believe that is all, Trey. We talked about sweet, sweet, delicious, tasty guitar tone, angle, power, power, power bars, power balls. <laughs> I would eat that. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Um, I love Engel, uh, power balls. I have some, uh, various emulators of them because I can't really afford one right now, but they're, they're sweet, man. Uh, 6505's legendary DS ones, legendary. We talked about the walking dead film set, Connecticut pizza, uh, road trips and, uh, getting and recovering from COVID, which is great. We also talked about the EP edge or the edge of existence out via E1 entertainment on October 8th. Thanks again to Liz over at EarSplit for uh, coordinating this interview. And thank you, Trey, for taking time out of your day to come on to the Rock Model Podcast. Dude, of course. Thanks for having me. It was great. I appreciate it, man. <laughs>